So what is a love letter? It's a letter, a text, a poem, a direct message. It's a drawing, a voice message, a watercolour, a recipe, a cup of tea, a smile, a home-baked meal delivered. It's what connects us, makes us feel all those messy emotions that without life would be pretty beige. That is so beautiful and such a great topic for us to use as a platform for these beautiful conversations. Mm. I love I love the whole idea. So the premise being that um, each love letter, no matter what it is, becomes the springboard for the conversation that we then have. Um, and, uh, you know, we should mention, Wendy, that uh, we would like to invite people to send in their love letters to us so that we've always got a pile of love letters that we can dig into. Well, who doesn't love a pile of love letters? My gosh. Oh, my gosh. I, I'll say. Um, actually, I was just thinking the other day that um, I must go into it. There's a drawer in the front entrance here. And it is, um, oh, there's about 150 handwritten uh, love letters from the early 1800s that you know how they used to write the letter and then they would fold the paper into an envelope? Yes. Of course, they're all in French, but, you know. I could sit down and and um, we could use it one time. Oh, that sounds so dreamy. I know. I know. So um, I'm really looking forward to this, Wendy. So the other each week we will take it in turns to choose a love letter um, and then use that love letter as the springboard for our conversation. I love I want, that format. Yes, I love the format too. I think um, we'll never run out of things to talk about. Well, there's that. And, you know, I've heard and read that what is most personal is most universal. So sharing these love letters and having them become the springboard for conversation, we will be reminded of situations that we've encountered, and it's really a way that we are all connected. So that original letter may have connected two people, but then it gives us an invitation and an opportunity to feel connected through that. And then again, our listeners, there's a connection point for them as well. And it's just a beautiful cycle that is a gift that keeps on giving. Yes. You know, I was wandering through a Brocant market on Sunday and um, there was a box on one of the trestle tables and I stopped to look in the box and it was a box full of letters and family photographs and it made me really sad because I thought 
here is someone's box of treasures that's ended up at a Brocant market. And uh, I thought that was terribly sad. But then I thought about technology and um, how going forward that probably will never happen because, um, you know, we have this, the cloud. We put all our photos up in the cloud. Right. So, and it's not and guaranteed. I think the only safe way to really save those is to revisit them mm -hmm. and remind ourselves how that person in reading those words made us feel. Yeah. Because just like you have shared the Maya Angelou quote, mm -hmm. would you share it again? I would. Thank you. Let me see if I can get this right because I don't have it in front of me. People will remember what you said. People will remember what you did. No, sorry. That's okay. Will not remember what you said. People will not remember what you did, but people will always remember the way you made them feel. It is so true. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Um, I love that quote. Love it so much that I couldn't remember it. <laughs> but you remember how it made you feel, and that is I, the important piece. I, I remembered how it made me feel. Um, yes, no, I, I absolutely adore that quote. I love a lot of her quotes, actually. Yes. And you used that quote um, in the beginning of Mastering the Art of True Hospitality, which is how I first found you and how our friendship started. That's exactly right. I was just thinking that. Was it Mastering the Art of True Hospitality? or cooking class, but no, it was Mastering the Car, The Art of True Hospitality. We did an eight-week course together, didn't we? Yes, we did. And, and it changed uh, everything for me. It did. It did. And, um, yes, that was in Lesson 1, and we were talking about the history of hospitality. And the history of hospitality was all about how you made your, well, how the male in the family made his guests feel. And Isn't how that fascinating. Wasn't that fascinating, I'll say. I mean, we are talking about many, many moons ago, but yes. it was fascinating. I thought that was particularly fascinating how they used to, uh, once they left, your home, the host would then accompany them to their next destination. Oh, that's beautiful. I didn't remember that. Oh. So, um, you know, you're in Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm in Normandy. I wonder if um, your husband would <laughs> accompany someone from your place 
to my place if that was the next place of death. If he knew what was good for him, he certainly would do that. <laughs> I think it's so interesting how, like many things, um, we only know the male perspective of it, but how it seems, at least in my in our generation and in my circles, that it's the woman that's responsible for what happens in the home and hospitality being such a, a big piece of that. And I would happily accompany anyone who was leaving my house on their way to yours. <laughs> so lovely. Thank you, everyone. We're happy you're here. Mm, we're so happy you're here.